Tuesday with Tamika. Want to kind of look at things from a different light because not to be insensitive about any of the things that people have been through, but 2020 has actually been one of my best years personally. And I know that there are a lot of people that can kind of attest to this. Those of you that listen to Tuesday with Tamika, that send me the emails, that send me the DMs, you guys have also said 2020 has been great. There has been a great amount of healing that has happened for those of us that are believers. Um, God has sent us home and we was not able to uh, come together in our places of worship. And I believe that that was intentional because he needed us to heal. Those of us that are nine to fivers, he has sent us home and we had to heal. Those of us that are parents, we've had to heal even relationships with our children because truth of the matter, a lot of us don't even know or didn't even know our kids prior to 2020. We had a version of them that we, we knew the weekend version of our kids, right? But 2020 has caused us to heal relationships heal friendships and really heal the relationship with self. And that's really what I wanted us to focus on this last episode of 2020. But let me slow down. Y'all know I'll be just running my mouth and I'll be just jumping right into it because I'll be so excited about the interview and the people that I have that are on the podcast. Cause y'all know I only bring people that got receipts that got some, they put some, we put some respect on their name, right? <laughs> so I let me slow down and remind you guys the cornerstones of Tuesday with Tamika. So y'all know, in fact, you know how when you in church and, and the pastor say, and then you're supposed to say it back with them. So y'all say it with me. We are continuing to lift as we climb. We are continuing to live a life to inspire and not impress. And we are continuing to turn our trials into treasures. That is what Tuesday with Tamika is all about. So if you are new to the podcast, welcome. And where you been at though, right? (laughs) And if you are a loyal TWT fan, do what y'all always do. Go on over to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, rate, like the podcast, share it on your Instagram story, share it on your Facebook, share it with your friends, your family, people that need to hear this message. Today's message, first of all, my guest is someone that is truly near and dear to my life. You guys are going to trip out about how closely like connected we are. We are so connected that God gave us the same name, y'all, like literally the same name. Her name is also Tamika. And get this, y'all, Tamika Sims. Spelled with one M. Y'all know that that's not common, right? So her name is Tamika Sims. And those of you that really, really know me, you know that that is my maiden name. I am also, I was born Tamika Sims. So me and this lady, I can't even remember, maybe five, six years ago, somehow, some way in the uh, in the uh, social media streets, we ran across each other and we have been following one another. I have watched her grow. I know she has watched me grow. She has been somewhat of a mentor to me. And she has an amazing story about healing. So let me kind of give you guys the deets, let you guys know who I have that you guys are going to be able to listen to. And so as we say in church, introducing to some and presenting to other, Miss Tamika Sam, she is a five-time author. She is uh, the 
uh, founder and producer of the Self-Assured Women Movement. And y'all, it is a movement. It is a whole entire movement. She is. She has so many other amazing things that she does. And I cannot wait for us to jump into this interview about healing with self. Because as you guys know, with my new program coming out, the Restored program, you cannot do anything until you address that inner healing. And she's going to tell you guys some stories. So y'all get y'all tissues you ready get your pen and paper ready because she is a teacher at heart she gonna teach us some things so i want you guys to enter or to uh be ready to receive all this great information so hey sis you got a minute 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 I do. How are you? <laughs> I am so good. 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 Thank you so much. I feel like this has been a long time coming. So just thank you for taking the opportunity, taking the time to share your wisdom. I know that I know that I know this is going to be a good <laughs> podcast and I ain't just gassing her up y'all get y'all pens, get y'all papers ready. And be ready for like some major breakthrough. So Tamika, I gave the brief bio, but tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit more about you. Uh, first of all, I will thank you again so much for, you know, having me on here. Of course, you know, we call each other namesake for those of <laughs> yes. you that's listening to this, because I thought how uncanny is it that I meet another Tamika Sims on the other side of the country? So I love it. And y'all, I feel like we look alike too. Like I'm just saying, yes. <laughs> I feel like we look alike, have the same name, same sort of energy, same sort of personality. And so I am super grateful uh, to join you. And yes, I am extremely uh, proud of you. And I have watched you grow so much through the years. Um, and so I'm so very happy and honored uh, that you asked me to be a guest on your show. But uh, as you mentioned, of course, Tamika Sims, I um, created the Self-Assured Woman Movement in 2015. Actually, we celebrated our five-year anniversary this October because I truly was looking for us and wanting to create a space for where we could truly empower women without the cattiness, without some of the challenges that can oftentimes be found in that space. And to be quite honest with you guys, because I needed it. Sometimes we create Mm. things for ourselves because we need them. And that's really the sort of woman that I am. Um, But as she um, alluded to, I know a thing about healing and self-healing and particularly because, you know, I am also a survivor of a very abusive relationship that almost ended with, um, ended with my abuser taking my life twice. Mm -hmm. And so I I share that story a lot. I wear being a survivor as a badge of honor, because I know that many women and men, sometimes children, uh, depending on the circumstances, um, will never, ever be able to say that. So I am grateful that God gave me a voice uh, to be able to tell my story that led to me writing my first book, um, which led to the other books that she mentioned that I've written, as well as me creating a business where I help other people write books. So you talk about a full circle moment where the pain of the past can really come around and become something very profitable for you in your future. I believe that I am a living testament of that. And uh, God has surely been good to me throughout the year. So that is me in a nutshell. I'm a what you see is what you get kind of person, Southern girl. I love my Southern roots (laughs) in South Carolina. And so, um, you know, I am also an entrepreneur. So really love showing up in that space as well. 
Yes, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. So I, I really want to dive into, you know, I, I guess I forgot the other cornerstone of the podcast is that we really value the art of transparency. And I say an art because not a lot of people have it. They think that they're being transparent when they kind of bleed all over folks. But I believe transparency takes a certain amount. It takes like, a, a, it's an art, right? So for you to be able yes. to share and not uh, shame for you to be able to uh, tell your truth without like uh, throwing people under the bus. That really is an art. And so I want to dive deep into because the TWT audience and the family, we are definitely resilient people. And, and we pride ourselves on that resiliency and pushing past the things and turning our trials into treasures, which is what you have done, Tamika. You have literally turned your trials into treasures. So yeah. let's get a little bit deeper into the story that, that uh, caused you to write that first book. And as you said, it was ultimately a plan of God. You know, the word of God says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Mm -hmm. So although that situation was I'm sure while you were going through it, it's like, why me, Lord? What the heck is going on? Yes. But look at what it's birthed within you. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, and thank you for that. And you're so right, um, you know, with your comments about the scripture, for sure. Um, so I actually met this gentleman when I was 23 years old. And so y'all listening, you know, in your 20s, you're very inexperienced with dating. You think you have an idea about life and the world until you find yourself in a situation where you realize that you don't. And that was my case. He was much older. He was already 32, 33, uh, if I'm remembering correctly at that time. So at least 10 years older than me who had been experienced, who had already had children and, you know, all of those things. But I was a young woman. Uh, we were both in the church. I was a new convert to Christ and he had already been, you know, an ordained deacon at the time. And so, um, you know, I just knew, you know, I'm a Southern girl. So for me, if you guys can relate to this is when you grow up and your mama's talking to you about the type of man that you want to date and marry. My mom said, you know, you find a man in the church. Mm-hmm. And so I just assumed that, you know, well, gosh, I met him physically, you know, he was tall, dark and handsome. That was kind of my thing, ladies, if you can relate. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed him. We were both on fire for God, both new sort of converts to Christ. And so, you know, it was just a great experience there. And I just thought that, you know, this was finally the ultimate answer to my prayers, even though I was so young to not even know what that was about. And, um, you know, so one thing led to another and we, you know, kind of found ourselves in a relationship and, um, you know, not too soon after we actually met, you know, one another and started dating, that's when things really took a turn for the worse. And I always tell people that, you know, there was an immediate red flag in that relationship that I now, you know, looking back with hindsight being 2020, knowing, you know, kind of what that looks like. And that was this immediate request for almost demand that um, we keep things private. Now, ordinarily, that's fine. I'm a private person. I don't like to really have people into my really personal affairs like that, especially in this day of social media. But his privacy had a different level of demand on it. And so I understand that now, but I was so happy to be involved in that space that I immediately agreed to keep it. So, mm -hmm. you know, so there's that understanding too that I've been able to learn about myself, you know, sort of coming out of the situation. Um, it wasn't really something that I can say that I wanted, but I agreed to it because I wanted to be connected to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
So we um, actually wound up dating for about eight years. So almost 10 years to, um, so to speak. And, you know, the majority of that relationship, I'm not going to say that it was all bad because it wasn't, you know, as the case with most situations, it isn't all bad. There were some, you know, certainly some good times and things that came out of it. You know, I would say that were good, but, you know, the relationship elements, us relating to one another, that's where, you know, things got a little, you know, really tricky. So there were many instances of abuse that occurred so emotional, uh, spiritual, of course, because I told you that he was a deacon. So there was a lot of times using scripture um, to keep me subservient in a relationship, really dependent on him. Um, I was working for a battered women's program at the time. And so there was a lot of knowledge that I had gained, but I just could not see those things being elements of the, the relationship that I'm in. So it's kind of like wow. one of those can't see the forest for the trees situation. And so, um, you know, that was kind of my experience with that. But, you know, ultimately, and even as we went along in our relationship, he would even say, start saying some of those things with, to me. He would say, well, you know, I'm not trying to isolate you from your friends and your family. Or I'm, you know, I'm not trying to keep money from you and things like that. So he would start to say to me the things that I would be educating other groups on, if that wow. makes any sense. And wow. so there was this sort of turning of events that just slowly started happening until finally, um, until one day, you know, things just really sort of erupted. Now, the entire portions of our relationship was not physically abusive. The majority of it was emotional and verbal, which in my opinion, and maybe you agree to this, is the most damaging. Yes. Um, and so because of that, I realized that the physical abuse, those scars healed and they did, but it was that emotional abuse that took me so long to really sort of heal from and get beyond. Mm, so true. You know, Tamika, I literally was having this conversation last week with a young lady and she was saying, because th this is how manipulation plays into, you know, part, she was saying, well, there's so many people that have it worse where they're getting beat up and they have the black eyes and her, uh, the situation that she's in is physical is a purely emotional abuse and verbal abuse. And I kept telling her, but it shows up in so many of the areas of your life where the physical abuse, eventually the scars will heal. Eventually the black eye will go away and not to like have a scale to say which is worse right but I feel like with the verbal and the mental and, and emotional abuse it it gets deep into your psyche into your DNA and this young lady she walks around scarred and although we can't see the physical scars the moment she opens up her mouth the moment that she engages with people you can see it you can see her bleeding all over the place and I am totally in agreement with you that that's definitely Worse. And, and then you touched on something that I want us to go a little bit deeper. Not all of our um, listeners are believers, but the majority are. And that's that spiritual abuse. This mm -hmm. is stuff that's not talked about in the church. So what did that look like for you besides him, you know, kind of manipulating the scriptures? What kind of was that? Because I have my own story about spiritual abuse. And I also mm -hmm. think that 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 was detrimental for me because it um, affected my relationship with God. Yeah, no, and you're, you're spot on. That's exactly what it was for me as well. So definitely using the scriptures because, you know, one of the things that happened with he and I is we started actually teaching Sunday school and Bible study mm. um, together. And so we actually created a Sunday school uh, sort of class, honestly, 
um, because, you know, the pastor that we were both under at the time just kind of saw that teaching element in the both of us. And we created this class. So there was a lot of us working together in that space. So it was the, you know, I wasn't smart enough to be doing something and putting it together without him. So just those conversations used in the context of my faith. And it was a struggle when that relationship was over for me to continue to even have a relationship with God. I didn't want anything to do with God because I blamed him for me being in that circumstance and in that situation. I blamed him for, you know, me, you know, being, becoming a victim. And I had to realize that there was a certain part in that, that I played that God had nothing to do with. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of times we place blame on God and we point the finger of how dare you, you know, allow me as your daughter to get into this situation where you're supposed to be my father. And I went down the list of how I was just blaming him uh, for something that he had no part of. And then also at the same time, and this is where it gets a little crazy, is also at the same time expecting him to take me out of it, expecting him to heal me and expecting him to, you know, do certain things for me when I was just a couple of weeks ago, blaming him for putting me in there. So we sometimes can go to God in that space when we're vulnerable and when we're hurt and when we're dealing with things and we're blaming him, but also at the same time have this expectation for healing. So that's what it looked like for me. It was a lot of placing doubt on my abilities to teach and lead and serve my understanding of scripture and you know my personal revelations it was just a challenge yeah you know i i don't think i've ever shared publicly but i remember um the relationship that i was in previous to my husband my, my now husband um he was a minister in the church and very similar you know he would manipulate scriptures he would at church you know have these all these accolades but then when we would get home it was like silent treatment he was mean he was and it, it, it towards the end of the relationship it also got physical but he um I remember when we were dating, I remember praying to God and I remember hearing God saying that I was like a uh, David, like that's how God felt about me. And then I remember us when, when he said that to me, he was like, you're like a David. And I thought that that was like, uh, um, God, you know, like this is God telling me that he the one, even though all the red flags were there, all the reasons for us to not engage and continue this relationship. So much like you, I begin, I held a grudge against God. And so it took me about three years to, to truly be healed and to reconcile not only with God, but to reconcile with myself because I was holding a grudge against God. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because it is hard to receive the healing when, you, when you're holding like this grudge or you're holding this resentment or you're blaming God for the situation. So how did you, Tamika, ultimately come? Because now you are absolutely flourishing. You know, you have a healthy relationship with self. You have a healthy relationship with even women. I remember you were, you did a teaching a while back about how, you know, we want the relationship, we want these things, but then we even have like raggedy related for lack of better words with women, right? <laughs> we got these raggedy relationships. Yes. So what, <laughs> what were some of the steps that you did to create this radical healing within yourself for you to be the woman to like lead self-assured woman? You know, the thing, thank, and thank you for saying that, it really, it, it doesn't happen without doing the work. You know, it really just does not happen without doing the work. And I know 
in these days and times, especially in this space of empowerment, you know, when we use phrase like the work, it just is such a buzzword because everybody's saying it, but nobody's really defining it, what it looks like. And for me, it was, it took a lot. It was therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I did therapy. It was first of all, it was acknowledging that I had raggedy relationships with women. It was acknowledging that I had a raggedy relationship with myself. Yeah. You know, and so it's you gotta first of all, you gotta acknowledge that you are where you are because what we try to do is we try to band-aid it and we try to say that you know what, it ain't really that bad. I don't really believe that. Or oh, I is this is not really the case. So we wanna mask it and we wanna not acknowledge something for what it really is. But when you're talking about healing and when you're talking about moving forward in your life and ultimately being your in a space of flourishing, it doesn't come without laying yourself naked before God. And I'm not talking about physically naked. I'm talking about God. Here I am. Mm -hmm. Here I am in this broken, vulnerable, and horrible, raggedy state. I love that word (laughs) that, and I need you, please come in and help and show me who I am. And once I get that revelation of who I am, what do I need to do with it? How do I need to heal so that I'm not bringing that negative energy so that I'm not bringing the Tamika of old into my new situations. And that took years. Mm-hmm. That took years. I mean, There's so many times where I had to practice and literally stop playing the tapes of the things that he used to say to me in my mind. Mm. Stop playing the tapes and repeating the phrases and the words of the things that I would say to myself. Because at some point I started taking on his personality even after the relationship was over. And I said to myself, you are not going to be anything more than what he said that you would be. God is never going to move on your life you really are stupid you really don't know how to manage your money so there was a lot of personal proving that I needed to do because I knew and I prayed this prayer I said God if you let me live I know you have something special for me to do Mm. and I can't do it like this Wow. You know, and we, and like, and you talked earlier about transparency and bleeding all over people. That's what we do. And we bleed and we bleed and we bleed on people so much that we're unrecognizable because all that blood is doing is just eating. That loss is eating away at us and we're unrecognizable. But the people that we've covered under our blood have taken on the shape of something that they're not supposed to be because we weren't in the right space. Wow. Wow. Man, that is so deep. (laughs) Gosh, that's so deep. So one of the things that you said, um, you know, TWT hashtag therapy work. So we, we definitely believe in going to therapy. We believe in just uncovering. Um, I was talking Mm -hmm. to my husband about why, um, so many people, especially like in church settings, how come they're not getting the healing. And and one of the things that God showed me is he showed me like an open wound, right? And he showed me that uh, in this open wound, when you when you have like deep deep wounds, when you're in the hospital, they'll they'll remove the bandage at a certain place because they need it to air out. And he started to God began to minister to me about that airing out process where you just are open and you showing everybody like this is it, this is the thing, right? And that's what you've done in your books. Yes. You've opened the wound and you've allowed it to air out because if we don't allow it to air out, it continues to um, stay like. Uh, it doesn't heal. It does not heal once you, so what happens a lot of times is we keep putting a bandage over, putting a bandage over and what does putting a bandage over? It looks like. So you just get into another relationship with another, right. 
you, right? right. You end up uh, getting into friendships with people that abuse you in friendships. You get into, or you cover it up with church and you just become ultra spiritual and ultra holy. And really it's all this cover up because you don't want the healing process to happen because in the healing process, the the wound is oozing and it it may even have a little stink to it, right? Mm -hmm. There's an odor to it and there's blood and there's pus and there's all these things. But if you don't uncover it, if you don't show it, if it doesn't allow, if you don't allow it to be open so it can air, you will never truly heal. Yes. So that's what I hear you saying. And that's what I believe you've done in your books. Yeah. And I love that example too, about the wounds is because a lot of times we want healing to be pretty. We want a pretty process. We want it to be smooth. We want to just, you know, go and deal with our issue and pick at it until it's finally healed. Healing is messy. It's Uh ugly. It's painful. And it's going, and it's worse before it starts to get better though. You know, we just think about when you are someone's preparing for surgery they're going through the worst pain the pain that they can't take anymore until finally they make that decision even after they come out of surgery they're still going to have pain but it's going to be different that's the same thing with healing you're going to experience pain that's unbearable until you can't take it anymore even once we go to the surgeon which in our case is god you go to him you're still going to have that pain so it's not an easy smooth pretty process it takes time it takes work it's ugly you know um but you're right. It's, but if we're never going to be able to move forward if we don't embrace that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I love that you said, and I want us to like uh, talk about this a little bit further is the story, when we adapt the story of the people that abused us or the people. And so I definitely want to make this clear. We're talking about it in a relational, like a romantic, romantic relational setting, but this can also be the relationship you have with your parents. Maybe your parents were emotionally abusive. Maybe they were physically abused. You know, maybe it's a teacher or a a pastor, right? Uh, There's somebody in your life that it's not necessarily a romantic relationship, but you've come across these abusive, attributes and then you begin to take on the narrative that they've given you I tell my clients and I tell the women that I work with 80% of what we tell ourselves is negative we want to blame you know our haters and we want to blame but we take on that narrative instead of us saying you know what I'm still holding the pen and I love your program um we're we gonna get into that a little bit later but I love okay. you know <laughs> I love the fact that you know you even coined your your programming, your writing um, company, that it has to deal with this analogy that I'm going to give that we're still holding the pen. We write our story, rewrite yes. our narrative. So how did you break free? I know you talked about the ther- therapy and I know you talked about the um, laying like naked before God, like what mm-hmm. are kind of three like actually, cause you said, you said it, you know, we talk about women empowerment and we have these cute memes and these cute posts, but nobody tells you how to do the work. Yes. So what did it take to uh, transform that narrative and to keep it all the way a hundred? Sometimes that still comes up, right? So we have to cancel, clear, delete. Like I teach my clients, we have to say, nope, that ain't me. That, that was given to me. I don't, that doesn't belong to me. What were the steps that you took to remove that narrative from playing over and over? 
Um, so the first thing um, was definitely, you know, of course, the therapy session. I, I'm a big, a huge proponent of that. Uh, journaling was next for me. Mm. I needed some place to put those thoughts. Um, and I would wake up in the middle of the night. I had sticky notes. I had notebooks. <laughs> I was <laughs> typing on a laptop. I mean, a, a desktop at the time. And I was like, you know, I have to do something with what's going on in me because there was just so much that I didn't understand. And there wasn't anybody in my family that I could talk to. So it was just be me and my thoughts. And you know how sometimes when it's you and your thoughts and you're not used to silence, those thoughts start to consume you until you just can't do anything else and they paralyze you. Yeah. And we don't realize how much our mental state can paralyze us and stop us from moving and making forward progress. So I had to start journaling. Uh, the other thing that I did is that I had to get honest about what was going on. You know, you mentioned this early in your introduction about sharing and not shaming. There was so much shame and guilt and responsibility that I felt, you know, in that situation, I, I blamed myself. I accepted his responsibility, not really placing it where it needed to be. Um, in the context of being the abuser, but, you know, I had to, um, you know, put myself in a place of where I was really being honest with my feelings. And I started to develop those relationships again, because I lost my relationship with my mom and my sister, you know, two of the most important women in my life, mm -hmm. because they know they no longer wanted to be around me because of how he was treating me, they could not subject themselves to being in the same environment. And so so many years of things that I missed, my sister was even getting married uh, at the time. And you know, just being in her wedding, but not really being in her wedding and being afraid of being out in the public. I mean, it was so much. So wow. I had to get honest with myself. I had to journal and I, and I did the therapy and two, and eventually I found my way back to God. I eventually, mm -hmm. I had to find my way back to him because I knew that ultimately he was going to have to be the one I didn't, it wasn't in my power anymore. I, at some point I had given up on that. And so I knew that if it really was going to happen, he would have to be the one to orchestrate it. And so I know you said three things that's more like four things. But, <laughs> no, uh, you that, know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the teacher in you. That was so yes. good, you guys. So if you're sharing this, if you are, um, you know, tweeting, I want you guys to write down the three steps that she said, you know, therapy, don't be ashamed. Don't allow anybody to tell you that it's wrong to go to therapy. And y'all already know I'm Miss Journaling Queen over here. I love, love, love journaling. So yes. journaling. And then number three, she said is to be honest. We cannot mm -hmm. truly heal unless mm -hmm. you dive deep into be honest. And then she also talked about just that, that healing and being vulnerable. So Tamika, with all of that, that you went through, what was like the breaking point? What was the thing that said, okay, I'm getting the heck out of here. And I'm going to say it, I'm getting the hell out of here, right? Because you was living in hell. So what was that breaking point to make you leave that final relationship? Because statistics show us that it takes women seven to eight times of, mm -hmm. kind of like that revolving door before they finally leave. The breaking point for me was the um the the physical assault incident um mm. it was a beating that lasted literally seven hours it started at 9 p.m on a wednesday night and went till like 3 a.m the next morning or something like that um and that was it for me wow that was it for me i um you know i had endured physically all that i could endure um even a sexual assault in the course of the night Mm. and um you know so there was a lot that was happening there was a lot that was happening and, and I again my prayer 
was, you know, God, if I live, it wasn't, you know, cause I, I just knew that he was going to kill me. You know, at one point he stopped doing the beating. He went to the kitchen and grabbed a kitchen knife and mm-hmm. I was balled up in my room. I saw, all I saw was the flash of a silver shiny object. Could have been a gun. Could have been anything. I didn't know. I didn't look. I said, if I live, I know that you have something special for me. So that was the breaking point. And then a week later, being made aware of an intended murder-suicide attempt, wow. where he had already called all of his friends wow. and family and told them that he was coming to kill me and then kill himself. He had already taken pills. He had already drank all this vodka, they said, and he was really on his way to find me and kill me. And so that was it for me. I don't judge women that go back. I know it takes a certain amount of strength. But I knew that if God allowed me to get out of that relationship, there was no way that I was going back. Mm -hmm. And I have not ever been back. I have not ever missed him. I have not ever. um, I mean, I have thought about him, of course, because there were still things that we needed to separate after the relationship was over. But other than that, I uh, he doesn't exist in my mind. That's right. Just completely cut that foolishness out of your life. So I am so glad that you're here to Mm -hmm. share the story. You know, I, I know that there's people that are listening that potentially may be going through, especially in, you know, what we just went through in 2020. Um, they, this, the uh, numbers of domestic violence are on the all time rise because people are together and they yes. are, you know, just like we're learning our children, we're learning our spouses. And so there yes. is, there is that. And so I would never, I would be remiss to tell you to just leave, you know, because I know that there's safety, um, concerns and safety risks. But I do, I do want us after sharing this story, and then um, just really celebrating you becoming the woman that you are in healing, I would like to extend the invitation to women that are men as well, because let's not get it twisted. There's men that are in domestic violence relationships too. Yes, so yes. I want us to give them some tips, like really safety tips of what they can do if they're in this situation. I know, um, Earlier this year, I saw like a TikTok or something that my kids shared with me about um, a girl pretending that she was like calling like a pizza company or something. And it was really her uh, calling 911. And I think um, the 911 has set that up to where if you call them and you say something like that, they can come in and get you the help. But what are some things that if, especially if it's physically abusive and your life is in danger, what are some things that people can do to prepare for that exit? Um, so I always tell ladies or, or gentlemen, whoever I'm speaking to, you got to be practical, right? While they're, while there may not be any abuse going on per se, start to think about that. So having an extra set of clothes for yourself and your children, if you have that, um, starting to get like a gas card in case you have to drive to another city or state or something like that, make sure you have enough to get to where you need to be. Uh, start saving money. Even if you can't you know, pull money out of an account, you can maybe ask a friend, hey, can you start holding some money for me just in case I need to get it? get copies of birth certificates and social security cards, marriage licenses, all of those things and store them with someone that's safe. Uh, If you've had to call the police, make sure that you're getting record of the officer's name and badge number, just in case you need to call them on from a witness perspective. So just being very practical in the heat of the moment, if I know that today is it for me and I only have 30 minutes before he gets home from work, 
I'm not thinking about any of these things. I'm thinking about grabbing myself and my kids and I'm going, but if you are preparing for it, it makes it more successful because what tends to lead victims back to abusers is money. I ran mm-hmm. out of money. I didn't have any resources. I didn't have anybody to call. There was nowhere for me to go. And so where are you going to go? You're going to go back home. And so, but if you're preparing and if you are making sure slowly over time that you're getting your ducks in a row or in order, as my mama would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you could make sure that it's you don't have at least those reasons to go back. Yes, yes. Tamika, thank you so much for being like the example of what a truly self-assured woman is and, and no, really reconciling you. you welcome and reconciling your relationship with self. You know, I think that that's so pivotal. We all want to do the thing, right? So we want to write the book. We want to start the business. We yes. want to, you know, date the man and have the successful relationship. But if we don't have a, sex, a successful relationship with ourselves, none of these things can happen. So thank you so much for showing women that despite the story, despite the trauma, despite the things, you have truly turned, turned, turned excuse me, turned your trials <laughs> into treasures. So I thank you so much for doing that you know one of the segments on Tuesday with Tamika is we are all about since our cornerstone is lifting as we climb we are all about um lifting people in our community spotlight session we love to share with people we love to allow people to share their vision to share the things that they have going on so Tamika I would be honored if you would be our community spotlight today and you can tell our listeners where to find you where to purchase your books I know that you're also a speaker and even um in this virtual space you're you're Mm -hmm. you're moving and you're shaking and you also have some other things that we really didn't get into that you are endeavoring so just tell the listeners a little little bit more about how they can get in contact with you and some projects or some ways that they could work with you. Um, I I read a study that said 90% of the population believe that they have a book within them, but only about 10% push it out. So you are the person to help them push that thing out. So give the the, uh, listeners more ways to get in contact with you. Thank you so much. So, of course, my website is Get Right, W-R-I-T-E with Tamika.com. Um, you can certainly check me out there. All of my social media is at Get Right with Tamika. So I try to keep everything real easy and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, my books can be found on Amazon. So Amazon.com. You can either you can search my name and all of my titles will come up. And it's Tamika L. Sims uh, on there for um, search. Um, I do have a workshop coming up at the beginning uh, of next year's January the 16th and it's uh, titled start 2021 off right and so what I'm doing is a four-hour virtual hands-on workshop where I'm actually walking aspiring authors through the process of writing releasing and publishing their books so we're going from idea to completion and even some post publishing work with sharing you know some simple marketing tips and strategies for them as well so it's it's four hours it's hands-on on, but I'm covering how to develop an outline, um, helping them to actually create one. So we're actually going to be doing some work and doing as much interaction as we can virtually, um, as well as letting them know the different options for editing that's available to them, how they can publish a book, what their options are there, as well as sharing some marketing. And of course, I always build in a Q&A session so they can ask me any questions that they may have as well. So yeah, find that on my website, getrightwithtamika.com. 
All right, you guys. So I know you guys are feverishly taking notes. Don't trip. I got you covered. All of this information is going to be in the show notes. You can also email me at TuesdayWithTamika.com if you're like, hey, what did Tamika say about this or that? And I will make sure I get that information to you. I will also be sharing her information about her upcoming uh, writing event. So here's a little secret, you guys. My first book it was inspired and pushed out because she walked me through a process. I took yes. one of her courses and I was in it and I, you know, uh, sat there and I was a student of hers. And then I published my first book under yes. her tutelage. So it's, it works, y'all. It works. I'm telling you guys, it works. I'm not telling you something that I think might work. I'm telling you something that I utilized and I, I saw my, uh, from idea to actual vision come to pass. So Woo! Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So before we end, um, leaning on our major cornerstone and our, our major um, foundation of Tuesday with Tamika is living a life to inspire and not impress. Mm. I love to push my audience and my listeners to really share what does that mean to them? So I want you to, Tamika, in five words or less, share with us, what does living a life to inspire and not impress mean to you? Oh my gosh, five words. Um, <laughs> it means to, to be authentic. Boom. Perfect. Authentic, yeah. <laughs> yes, right. That's, that is, that's it. That is the whole foundation. That is the whole goal. Tamika, I thank you for your time. Thank you. I thank you for your service. I thank you for your wisdom. And I thank you for reconciling and healing your relationship with self. So women like myself and women that are of the TWT family, women, I'm a part of Self-Assured Woman Movement, y'all. I'll put yes. that link in there too. So you guys can join that group. But for women that are truly looking to heal and to be restored. Thank you for being that example on thank how you. to do it. So with that, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to go over and share the podcast. If you have questions, comments, concerns, email us at TuesdayWithTamika at gmail.com. Don't forget to live a life to inspire and not impress. Don't forget to turn those trials into treasures. And don't forget to lift as you climb. Love you. Miss you. Bye-bye.